Hey guys, welcome back to the Man of War podcast. My name is Rafa Conde, and of course, I am a man on a mission here, forging you to become the best version of yourself. Now, before we get started, very, very important. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Really, thank you. We've crossed 20 million downloads. When I first started this journey, I had no idea, really, I had no idea that it would take me down this road. And I am humbled to the point where I just look back and I'm just, I have this feeling inside of me like, wow, we've come so far. And I thank you for your support, not just for the Man of War podcast, but for redefining the 21st century man. That book is a bestseller across the board. And for the Men of War organization, of course, for the Men of War Crucible, we're celebrating our group 20th. We're celebrating our fifth annual gathering in December. The Men of War Society right now is one of the strongest, fastest for sure, growing brotherhood of warrior-minded men in the planet. It's all because of your support. So again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. So today, I want to talk about two things, and I'm kind of segue into one a little bit later, into that next subject, but I want you to hang on here with me. First part of this is going to be really about your legacy. And the other day, I had a real strong conversation with myself, and I started to think. And I want you to, if you're driving or you're moving around for a moment, I want you just to perk up a little bit and listen to what I have to say. I started thinking really about when I die, my legacy, what or how really will people remember me? You know, that's a, that's a big deal because I am working my ass off to do what I believe God's work. But I want you to start thinking yourself about what your legacy is and really kind of stop for a moment and and really dial into this. How are people going to remember you? So for me, my conversation went like this. What am I doing today that is going to resonate with people tomorrow after me? Because listen, this is what the reality is. When we are gone, people are going to take your place. Yes, they're going to take your place after God knows, maybe 50, 100 years, nobody would remember who you are. Do you remember your, you know, your great-grandfather or your father's, you know, your grandfather's father? Do you have that type of lineage where you can at least, you know, remember who they are through photos or through writings or a legacy they wrote? Probably not. So the chances are that if your legacy is not powerful enough, doesn't imprint enough in our current society, people will forget about you. So all of the work that you are doing now within a few years would mean absolutely nothing. Zero. Zilcho. So for me, it's 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 a very powerful connection because I'm thinking I'm putting in all this time and effort here in this day and age, and I'm hoping that my kids will, you know, I could leave a legacy with my kids and with my grandchildren, but I don't know how much farther than that my legacy is going to go unless it is absolutely something where I am making an impact in this world. So I want you to think about that for a moment because I don't know about you, but the last thing that I want to do is be a little grain of sand where nobody remembers my name. I'm putting too much time and effort into making this 
happen into creating a movement for me just to be looked at as a little grain in the sand and then just be swept away like everybody else. And I think you should too. You should really dial in and have something powerful set in place so you will not be forgotten. You want your great, 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 great grandchildren to speak of you, to remember you, to say, this is my great, 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 great grandfather and he did this, he created that. Oh my, that is powerful. But in the end, you got to realize that what you're doing now, someone else is going to come and take your place. All your belongings, things that you had in place in your life are going to be used and lived in by somebody else. That's life. So before you go throwing your minutes, your hours away, before you have your 16-hour day and you're like, man, I've worked so hard and I'm grinding and I'm trying to do something here and there and whatever you're trying to create, stop. Who are you doing this for? What exactly are you doing? Is your time and effort worth it? Are you that convinced? If you are and you want to create something bigger that people can remember you by for eternity, man, go for it. Really, really go for it. Start doing something about it. Start taking the action. That is so needed. So I'm having this conversation the other day with myself and I'm like, well, what is it that I'm going to do? Is it, you know, what, what am I going to do? Like, what am I truly going to lay out as a legacy? You know, and my wife said to me, you know what? You don't have to think about that anymore because you are doing God's work. You are putting out content. You are attending these crucibles. You are creating a movement not just in the United States, but worldwide. Some people may like you. Some people won't. That's okay. Because that's what happens when you are creating something powerful. You have to be polarizing. You have to believe your beliefs. You have to stand by your beliefs. And as I segue into something now that is not even connected with this particular thing, because I wanted to say something about how I had this conversation, and I hope you understand where I'm going with this, that your legacy is critical and very, very important. But as I segue into this next topic that I wanted to discuss, which is my time on Wall Street and the things that I learned in a very, very dirty world. I was uh, doing a reaction video to uh, the movie Boiler Room and the scene there that... um, Ben Affleck steps in and he's in a conference room and he throws the keys and, you know, he he says, you know, for those who think that, you know, money is the root of all evil, look at my smile, you know, and ear to ear, baby, he says, that's a powerful scene because I was in those shoes when I was running my firm. I was that godlike person that people would look at me and say, wow. You know, this guy is a multi-million dollar producer. You know, he has his firm. He's kicking ass. He's driving the fancy cars, living in the fancy country clubs and blah, 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 right? But in reality, when I go back, you know, that's all cool and, and was a phase in my life. But the reality is that I learned so much inside the walls of these Wall Street firms that I came in, these boiler rooms that people say, well, they're horrible, it's fraud, and I'm 100% with that. You know, 
you go back to Wall Street in the 80s and early 90s and, you know, it's penny stocks. It was just very bad. Okay, so I don't agree with that at all. As a matter of fact, I left my firm two weeks prior to when the FBI raided that firm that I was in, the first one. It was called Royal Hutton. And um, after that, I went to real firms. I had no idea when I first started as a stockbroker, <laughs> you know, what what anything was. I was just there to, for a few months, got my Series 7, learned my co-calling. But the, the, the beautiful part about this is through that time frame that I was there, listen, there was something dynamic and powerful. There was something so powerful there that the reality was, for me, my reality, was that I was getting something out of it. You know, you would have the managers kick the chairs from under you while you were pitching a client because they don't want that. They want you standing up when you pitch because you can be more creative. You can have more energy in your voice as you convey um, your sales pitch. And to this day, if I'm on the phone trying to close someone, trying to negotiate, I am on my feet without a doubt. So I learned so many things. Resilience. I learned how to come dial like a motherfucker, right? Dial that phone and never, ever give up. I learned organization. I learned speed, right? Executing at a high level in a speedy manner. Still paying attention to the details. Still paying attention to what was important because if you didn't, you know what would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. You would not get paid because any fucking screw up, the house wasn't taking it. You would eat it. If you purchased a stock and the guy didn't pay you, you were fucked. If that stock went down, bye-bye. You would take that loss. That's right. And it happened to me a few times. We would be buying a stock at whatever, $20, and the guy reneged on me. Um, it was a $10 or $10,000 deal or maybe a you know $20,000 deal. And the next thing you know, the stock went down two, three points. I would eat the $1,500 or the $3,000. Sucked. But that's the name of the game. You learned to be at a, to work really at a high level, very, very high level in a speedy manner. You would execute quickly, dynamically, because you needed to get your FedEx package out to go grab that check as fast as possible. Because renegs, people renege all the time. The second that you give a man more than 15 minutes to think about something, the chances are he is going to renege on that emotional buy. However, when I go back, I look at what I learned on Wall Street. And it wasn't just, you know, sales. It wasn't just resiliency. It was something much deeper than that. It was having faith, having hope. Because at that time that I entered Wall Street, I really, I'll be honest, I had no life, very little of it. I had nothing meaningful. I mean, it was... Yeah, I mean, I was very young. I mean, I loved the martial arts. I was very much into the martial arts, but I didn't have something that could take me to the next level. And working as a stockbroker did. It took me to the next level. 
It helped me focus and learn something exciting and new. And I started pushing myself, embedding myself into how to trade stocks, studying exactly what a stock was. When I went out there and took my Series 7, I was well prepared. I took the classes that I needed. It was a journey. And it made me a shitload of money. And I look back and it was fun. I entered a life of, I don't know, big dogs. A life where, you know, Armani suits were the norm. Hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar cars for back then, you know, that that was the norm. It was the norm to go out and have dinner with, you know, your clients at a very, very fancy place. Chris got together and, you know, while you've seen the movie Wall Street or, or um, Wolf of Wall Street or um, Boiler Room, whatever, yeah, they, they, there's some parts that, that are a little bit, um, um, I guess, for a lack of, at least in my experience, um, um, a little bit thrown overboard. I don't think some of those, uh, um, I never experienced to that level, let's just say, um, these orgy parties and shit like that, or at least I was never part of them. Maybe they were, but I was just never interested in that. I wanted to hang with the guys. I wanted to connect, man. I wanted to build good relationships. I wanted to build my business, which I did. And I wanted to make a shitload of money, enjoy the finer things in life. And if I didn't get trained in the skill sets that were that were being taught in these Boiler rooms, I guess. Um, honestly, I don't think that would have made me stronger. And because of that, I was stronger. I remember when I traded and became very good at closing. Man, I was a masterful closer. I still believe that I'm, a, I'm an excellent closer. Um, but I was masterful. Um, the way that I, that I spoke to people, it, it was aggressive, yet it was almost friendly like like we knew each other and I took that to the next level and I continuously raised money from these men and raised money and I wasn't afraid to ask the whales for big orders you know with that said I started building my book and clients all over the world all over the world Abu Dhabi Singapore uh, London Australia I mean you you name it and these clients you know they built my book. They built my book. And then as I became stronger and knew my shit, you know, I went independent and I started my own branch and, and from there, forget about it. It's all, it's all over. You know, I had up to 13 employees at one point, uh, not including executive assistants and, and all that. And, and, uh, you know, it was it was a big deal when you're managing almost half a billion dollars of active trading stocks. What back then? That was a shitload of money, man. That was a lot, without a doubt. There was a lot of responsibilities in my hand, um, but my point is this, guys. In life, sometimes you may learn so much from certain situations that you can look back and say, well, maybe it wasn't the greatest time of my life as far as situationally, but I was able to learn so much that made me a stronger version of myself today. Because I knew, look, 
in that boiler room atmosphere, you know, these guys were selling pink sheet stocks and all that. And so was I, don't get me wrong, but I had no idea as a young broker. I had, I had no idea what was happening until I got smart. And I said, man, I'm out of here. I got my head. I got, I got out of Dodge completely. Right. So it's okay to learn from certain situations in your life. They don't have to be perfect every single time. And as I grow older, I realize that, you know, in my life, there are certain defining moments that have brought me to where I am today. I have reinvented myself so many times. And like I started this conversation and I segued into this particular topic. Hey, you know what? We must leave a legacy. We are going to eventually now no longer be in this planet. Use what you learned and we have learned throughout life and teach others, give it to others. And then more importantly, use it for yourself to grow and to build and to do something powerful and dynamic that's going to resonate with people. When you start doing that, you don't have to start stop thinking really about your legacy. You really don't. Because your legacy will start growing and you will have something without a doubt. You will have something so powerful, so deep, that they'll remember you for a very, very, very long time. All right, guys, listen, I hope you had a quick takeaway of this. Um, Just speaking from my heart, no notes, really just sat down here and just let it out. So I like to do that sometimes. I know we've had a bunch of guests lately, uh, and we have some very cool guests coming up for you in the next few weeks here. Um, So please stay tuned to our podcast. I would love for you to share this podcast, um, link it, um, tag it, whatever it is. Um, It is important because that's how we continue to grow in these um, podcast charts. So I would appreciate any of your support. Uh, Before I go, if you don't follow me on uh, Instagram, I recommend you do. That's where I do most of my, uh, my work at Man of War with two R's. And of course, Um, Also on Facebook and um, on uh, YouTube, Uh, go to youtube.com forward slash man of war. We've been working hard building that channel um, with some great content. All right, guys, until next time, your life may be full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.